fire is quite tough to try and get a handle of. What would be an easier thing to sometimes unpredictably and inexplicably generate out of nothing? <laughs> like when you get um, really mad. Like like bubbles? Bubbles! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that would be really good. <laughs> Katie, like, what's wrong? Katie nothing! Mad. Nothing! It, there's bubbles coming out of my head. <laughs> just pouring out of your face. Just like, oh god, Katie, don't lie to us. Use I'm your like, words, not your bubbles. <laughs> some power walk girl shit right there. <laughs> I feel like you're not going to have too much trouble with government agencies. We've got to find this chick. Do we? Do we? Do I we mean, though? It's just bubbles. I mean, you can't explain how she does it. Yeah, I know, but like, I don't I don't really want to know. <laughs> I'm not that interested. <laughs> but like, she's not, she's not causing too much trouble, is she? In fact, kids kind of like her. Yeah, my seven-year-old niece and my five-year-old nephew would love me. More than they already we've, love me, and that's quite a bit, to be honest. We've got to find her. My son has a birthday coming up. Welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that's not special. It's a monster. I'm Paul McGee. And we're going to devote the next few weeks to some of the worst films of last year. Starting with two episodes featuring my best cinema buddy, Katie Maiden. Hi. Hey. You're almost always there when I see terrible movies. It's it's a link. It's, you've worked out the, the link between me and terrible movies. So I make them t- terrible somehow. <laughs> somehow 2023, you have gone off easy because I did go do a double bill of Super Mario Brothers and Shazam without you. So I'm so happy about that. <laughs> You're doing quite well so far. <laughs> have we seen a terrible movie this year yet? Um, we saw, so. Yes. Yes, we saw oh. Ant-Man, which was the worst. We saw Quantumia. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad, guys. That was terrible. You're right. Get me back next year for Quantumia. Well, definitely. Well, we'll try and cover Quantumia soon in that. Oh, that would be fun to cover our first Marvel in One Good Thing. <gasps> I think it... the review scores justify it. Honestly, it was guys. Don't see oh it. Oh my god! <laughs> Just want to listen to that. We've covered listen so much DC. Let's let's do that. Poor DC. Well, I'll tell you what. This movie is setting our pants on fire. It's Firestarter. She's not a robot, Annie. She's a little girl with little girl emotions, which are wildly unpredictable. Charlie? She just has to shove it down and keep it hidden. Our responsibility is getting her ready. Our responsibility is to protect her. Charlie? If they catch her, they're going to put her in a cage. Charlie? They're going to run tests on her for the rest of her life. We'll never see her again. If who catches me? Twisted fire starter. Twisted fire starter. Somehow not even referenced in this film. This is the second adaptation of Stephen King's 1980 novel after Mark L. Lester's 1984 film, which is actually due to be directed by John Carpenter, who subsequently does the score for the remake. So it all comes around in a circle. I don't know when King wrote this book. I wonder if it was in the cocaine. I think years. I read. <laughs> I think it read that it was in the 70s. Well, I, I, the book was 1980. I've got that, but I don't know what that meant for him. Like, if oh, that was I during the period where he was writing books and not knowing that he was writing books. Yeah, I've, I've got Cujo. his autobiography, which I haven't actually read. But yeah, uh-huh. I have. I know that about him, that there's books where he was like, I wrote this shit. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and it shows sometimes. But actually, <laughs> if I remember correctly, a lot of his best stuff came from before he sobered up, unfortunately. <laughs> which goes to show. Um, no, I Never think be he's stuff then. Uh, but yes, it was due to be directed by John Carpenter. Carpenter was booted off of the 1984 film when The Thing underperformed, which is hilarious. Hilarious because uh, The Thing is fantastic. The Thing is one of the best horror movies ever made. And even though it starred Drew Barrymore, Martin Sheen, and George C. Scott, it was a critical and commercial failure. Teenage girls didn't show up for George C. Scott for some reason. <laughs> I did show up for Martin Sheen for some reason. I know, right? Ring a ding ding. 1984 Martin Sheen. Like, I'm what? not even joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've seen bad I've ones. seen Apocalypse Now. <laughs> but yeah, this is shortly after Apocalypse Now he was in this. 
Well, it's definitely due a remake then. And this time I'm going to get it right by getting Zac Efron in. <laughs> so I shouldn't have laughed so hard at that. Zac, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> Paul will give you my number. We all love you, inexplicably. Uh, Universal and Bloomhouse collaborated on this. I can't quite get a handle on Bloomhouse because we see a lot of horror movies and Bloomhouse comes up every now and then in your opening credits there. And I feel like they have the potential to be the A24 of horror. And based on the general corporate ident, the logo that they've been putting in front of things like Megan. I remember Megan, it had this pullout and then lots of different like horror movies like Insidious and such. It felt like they were trying to be the prestige horror studio but they produce so much straight to streaming shit <laughs> yeah also um a24 is the a24 of horror <laughs> that's true you're right you're absolutely right but and to no, be fair they pretty handily beat blumhouse i think i mean they're my favorite production company of all time but um blumhouse <laughs> like i see the logo sometimes and i'm like yes blumhouse yes and then sometimes i come out and i'm like yes blumhouse and sometimes i come out and i'm like what are you doing <laughs> what was that that was there was nothing it's, it's strange but you know straight but that kind of dreck the kind of straight to dvd and or streaming dreck is where people like mike flanagan started so that's kind of the opportunity afforded by Pulp. Low barrier for entry, high demand, big audience. Opportunity. Opportunity to make something like Dash Cam, which is also Blumhouse. So, you I know, see that, it's yeah. experimental, I guess. If you're putting out a lot of stuff, you can take some chances, but you are going to miss some swings, which I guess is fair enough. This is a miss. Uh, Akiva Goldsmith <laughs> is um, put up for director, which would have only been his third directing credit. He didn't end up doing it, but he was up for it. Akiva Goldsmith, the name will probably be familiar because he's written and produced pretty much everything since the 90s. His credits include, deep breath, <gasps> Batman Forever and and Robin, <laughs> and, and Robin. Uh, Lost in Space, Practical Magic, A Beautiful Mind, iRobot, The Da Vinci Code, Transformers 5, Deep Blue Sea, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Constantine, Hancock, Jonah Hex, all the Paranormal Activity movies, and, King R- and Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. <gasps> I've seen at least 60% of those. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what a tremendous career for someone who has made like four good movies. <laughs> what a prolific career he has achieved. Never have imposter syndrome, people. Also, he did a lot of fi- Fringe, which I believe is good. Cool. I haven't seen any Fringe. Uh, he gets replaced a couple of times until you end up with Keith Thomas uh, in the seat when the music stops. Uh, Thomas directed <laughs> one feature film before this called The Virgil. Oh, sorry, The Vigil, which is uh, apparently well received which is a shame. Sounds like a horror or like a creepy... I think the premise is Guy has to look over his dad's body for one night in order to get his, his inheritance after he's died. And then okay. creepy. Okay. Sounds creepy. Good premise. And it was yeah. well reviewed. So... What a shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> um, screenwriting duties fell to Scott Teams. <laughs> sounds like a meeting platform. It does. But it's... <laughs> Scott Teams, who previously wrote Halloween Kills, the second in David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy, which I didn't mind. That's the one with the mob justice. Yeah, I also didn't mind it. I didn't like yeah. love it, but I didn't hate it. So Yeah, it has some interesting ideas, but yeah. the execution was a little rough. Um, his next two credits shall be Insidious the Red Door, the next possibly last Insidious movie. I'm not sure. Let it be the last. Let's let's hope it's the last. And the Exorcist remake, which is due to be directed by Halloween trilogy director David Gordon Green. So, I look forward to some interesting ideas and iffy execution. Oh from God! The Why are remake. they remaking the perfect movie? I know, right? And as I recently discussed in Jen and the Film Critic with the Last Exorcist, no, the Pope's Exorcist. Sorry. Why do they keep making movies in this? genre this subgenre there have been three good ones and honestly like if you get any like pretty much any other movie i would be like mm. you're sure re- make a remake yeah. but the exorcist is perfection and it, it really just does is. not need to be remade <laughs> and it's had such a problem like bad legacy of sequels except the exorcist 3 which is fantastic but otherwise just yeah, it's, it's a really odd decision and a shame. And we shall see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, check back here when, the, <laughs> when it gets remade. When it's this, yeah, when it's on one of these episodes. Oh, God. Uh, critics reacted to the film like a girl with the power of a nuclear explosion in that it might be better to terminate her before it's too late. Oh. Now, I don't often quote the Rotten Tomatoes consensus, largely because I just don't know who's producing that. 
who is qualified to accurately surmise critical consensus into a pithy couple of sentences. A clear act of outrageous simplification. Nevertheless, this one's accurate, so here it is. <laughs> there was plenty of room to improve on the original, but Firestarter trips over that low bar and tumbles towards the bottom of the long list of Stephen King adaptations. That is excellent, is yeah. A fucking long list. It's so long. I went to a BFI event a few years ago where they were celebrating Stephen King adaptations, and the guy, I think he told us there, was so, there were over a hundred movies based I on believe Stephen King. that. Yeah. I because fully he, believe he offers that. the licensing rights for like a dollar so that film students can have a go at making like, what's one of the lesser ones? Um, the Langoliers or something. I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know myself. I've probably seen like 25, maybe yeah. more. Like, I don't even know. Sometimes I'm like watching it and I'm like, is this a Stephen King? Could be a Stephen King. Like... It could be. And then it will turn out to be one of the Stephen King alikes, like his kid who has now started making very Stephen yeah. King ass movies like The Black Phone. Oh, such a good movie. I really like The Black Phone. The Black Phone was great and it was the best Stephen King adaptation we've had in ages. <laughs> I also felt like Bones and All was very Stephen Kingy, but good. <laughs> <laughs> and not Stephen King. And not Stephen therefore not very Stephen King. <laughs> um, I've just realized I didn't do the three minutes, so I will be distractedly doing that as we begin our conversation about Firestarter. Can't wait. I apologize to you and the audience. <laughs> Public, meanwhile, felt that that weird girl killed our, killed our frog. I don't remember that coming up. I read that in the quotes. She didn't. She kill a frog. I actually have that as one of my good things. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wait. Is it in the class? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, okay, so Otcon at IMDb said, "I grew up on the Drew Barrymore version. Drew Barrymore version, crucially, and it was okay for his time. I still remember Heather Locklear and the ironing board. I remember the creepy nature of George C. Scott. That'll stick with a kid." And the barn climax. Remember the barn climax. This movie, I can barely recall, and I just finished it. I think the movie just petered out. It's unnecessary, generic, shallow, and adds nothing at all. Watch a Yule Log on YouTube instead. I hate that these <laughs> options. I hate the options are this or the Yule Log. I actually sometimes do watch, like, I put YouTube on and I put, like, a fireplace on, yeah. Firestarter has 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, oh, 4.6 on IMDb, and 48% on Google. A Who are these Google people? Google. Oh my god. <laughs> Who you, are no, these you people? would not believe the Google results generally. That is one of the lowest results I've ever seen is 46%. Who, honestly, who is rating on Google? Because we need to have words. <laughs> we need to have all of the words. Um, the movie also lost a whole ton of money and so is unlikely to get any of the sequels that they were considering. So, Katie, you rain bird. Ah. Have, you ever, <laughs> ah, have you ever experienced any inexplicable phenomena that goes against natural laws? Uh, by which I mean, what's, what's something about this movie that stuck with you? <laughs> From the first time we saw it, because we've seen this before at the cinema. Yes. This is and the second I time I've watched this movie, and I hate you so much for it. <laughs> well, if I remember the first time around, weren't you like recovering from some kind of horrific, disfiguring dental surgery at the time? Yes. I had all four, te- all four of my oh, wisdom God. teeth out, and this was the first like outing <laughs> that I did after like two weeks of being bedridden. Um, yes, I remember you not being sure if you were going to make it, but I was just like, it's going to be done, though. And I was like, you're not wrong. It was dumb. It was a dumb idea to see this movie. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't referring to the movie. I was referring specifically to the idea of I was going to see it was dumb. (laughs) And I was right in that respect of nothing else. Um, What is one thing I liked about it? One thing I liked about this movie is that it's short. And that's not a dig. That's not a dig, right? That is actually what horror movies should be, generally. Mm. Should be 90 minutes. Okay, so there are some horror movies you can get away with longer because they have more story, like The Shining, for example, or The Exorcist. You know, they're trying to build an atmosphere. Yes, or they're trying to build the characters. um, Mm. Midsummer, da 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 da. Uh, However, most horror movies that are kind of (laughs) shitty, which are horror (laughs) movies that we like, we did a whole podcast on all the Saw movies. Okay, Um, they should be ninety minutes. Or, yeah. or a little bit longer, uh, less than two hours. This was 90 minutes, and I like that about it because it didn't mess around. It was like, yes, 90 minutes, bish, bash, bosh. It was bad, but it was 90 minutes. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's dreadful, but it's quite short, to quote <laughs> Bernard Black. <laughs> um, exciting update. We have one three-man, and it is Zephron. No, oh, so the <laughs> other one is 
Baywatch? Did you do Baywatch? There's Baywatch, yes. And then the other one, I can't quite remember him in it if we're being very honest with each other and ourselves. <laughs> I love to be he's, honest with myself. He's apparently in New Year's Eve. Yes, he is. I remember. Do you remember? It. I've seen that movie independently of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I will always love you for that. But who does he play? Is he, Doesn't he's not he the guy... get stuck in a lift with Lee Michelle? Yeah. With the hot, with the really attractive woman. Yes. Lee Michelle. Who Lee is, Michelle. by the way, a terrible person, apparently. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, like, if I anyone else has seen bad. Glee, she's, like, the main character in Glee, and apparently she's just a really difficult person to work with. Oh, my God. That must have been just a dream casting for so many teens as, you know, the guy from High School Musical and the girl from Glee. Or was this pre- pre-Glee? No, this is post-Glee. It wasn't pre-Glee. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is post-Glee. It's a bit pre-Glee in here. Pre-Glee? It's pre-Glee, and it's spooky, and I love it. <laughs> Oh, free to a man, free in a bush, free, free, yo. Films are shit, mate. Well, let's talk about what happens in Firestarter. Oh, so it starts. It does, with <laughs> Weed Road Pictures Presents. So oh boy, we're in a good place. <laughs> so Zac Efron wakes up from the stream... That he's oh, had. his hilarious dream where a little girl um, uses, her, uses her powers for the first time in order to cock block her parents. <laughs> Basically, yeah. She like <laughs> sets fire to her mobile above her cot. Um, yeah. And then he, in a really dumb move, pats, like throws it down and, and lands in her crib. <laughs> <laughs> and he picks her up and she's like not there because it was a whole dream. Yeah, it's hilarious though. He picks up the baby and then it's like, oh, I kept her safe. And then she goes up in flames. <laughs> it's like a comedy beat. But yes, that was a dream. Surprise, it was a dream. It was a dream by horny Zac Efron, who <laughs> is just desperate at this stage. Um, the movie at that point makes a period joke, <laughs> then introduces the premise of the film, which is that this family of three have powers that they can't control. Efron has the push, kind of telekinetic, yeah. telepathic ability. It's more like pushing people to, to, to act. It's not like yeah, telekinesis. Yeah, like Darren Brown stuff. Yeah, Darren Brown shit. Yeah. yeah. Charlie can do fire, and the mum can do a slightly shitter push. That's not quite true. It's um, she's more like is, moving objects. Yeah, she's telepath. She's telekinetic. Kinetic. He's telepathic. And obviously, if you put those things together, it's making fire. fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes so much <laughs> sense. <laughs> also, I, I, I'm starting the, to believe more that the Stephen King was on drugs. <laughs> oh yeah, this. yeah, yeah. This is getting more and more likely. Uh, the mum is in tar. Is she? Was she yeah. in Tar? Do you remember at the beginning? Of, this is such a small role too. It's really weird. The beginning of Tar, um, Kate Blanchett does her interview. Then she comes out and she's like talking slash kind of flirting with some woman. Who's <gasps> yes, like, I remember like, That's that. her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that she was much better in that two minutes of Tar than she was in this. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, God. Yeah. It must have been a recessive gene, though. Probably one of her grandparents is a fire starter. <laughs> Twisted fire starter. How many times am I going to make that joke? <laughs> You're going to have to make it a lot, and I'm going to have to sample like two seconds of the song every single time you do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, opening credits show how they got their power through weird scientific experiments. Damn scientists. Yeah, they're like... Stay away, kids. Are they how they were like grad students and they yeah they wanted some money so they were yeah. like let's take part in dangerous scientific experimentation which to be fair i would have considered also like it kind of implies i, don't, I haven't read the book but it kind of mm. implies that they met at during this experiment <laughs> so we right? don't have this <laughs> so it's like <laughs> hang on so did they did they meet during this or did they meet at uni like i like what i need more explanation about like how they met did they just meet afterwards and be like did you just get experiments done yeah did you yeah oh my god so ah, ah, ah. oh my god i'm in insane pain too Ooh. you want to go for some froyo <laughs> so yeah everyone is using his uh financial his powers for financial gain by mind blasting desperate strangers to quit smoking or not be afraid of flying or whatever he's pretty sure he's got it under control Except, uh, t- like, you know, every time he uses it, his eyes bleed. So. Yeah, but still, let's just use it at the mall to get people to stop smoking. <laughs> For 50 bucks a go. Oh my god. Meanwhile, Charlie is experiencing discrimination because of her lack of Google. It's a terrible growing issue in schools. Uh, but she has a supportive hot teacher, who I'm hoping is not also a terrible person. She gets nearly too hot, though, because Charlie can barely control her <laughs> oh, devastating world-leveling powers. <laughs> That's... <laughs> terrible <laughs> oh and i love it <laughs> well the big problem for charlie is that she's going to school with a ginger-haired boy and because this is a movie that means it's a psychopath 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That yep. this one kid, curly ginger hair, <laughs> psychopath. How's it going over here, Gavin? Weird girl killed our frog. It was already dead. Yeah, but now it's extra dead. Now, hey, notice the liver and where is it true that Amish families share the same bath water? Because now that's weird. The frog is really interesting. And you because weird. it has a lot of the same organ features as. Absolutely. He sets off an episode which has her blast the bathroom. Yeah, I do that when I get nervous too. <laughs> I got a lot more like that coming. Oh god. Oh no. She nearly kills Hot Teacher though, which is which is uh, that's why I lose sympathy for this character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the parents have to sit her down and be like, "Do you know why we have to move all the time? It's your work, right? But also, it's, what, what do you mean? But also, you're a mall hypnotist. It should have been no, actually. No, actually, <laughs> it's yes. What I do is very important, but you you start fires, um, and that that's a problem for us. <laughs> no, so basically, they have to move around because they're being chased by quote unquote bad men. Oh, not bad men. Yeah, it's that's literally what they line. say. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's such a Stephen King fit. The bad men from the place. The dark place. And it's like, we're not going to explain it. It's just uh. bad men from a dark place. Um, uh. Which is ironic, seeing as the lead if, like, person in the dark place is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not even bad men. It's like bad, <laughs> non-gender it's a bad specific lady, people. And she's, she's after it. So yeah, Charlie gets um, so anx- anxious. She gets really anxious, so Efron has a good go at yelling her into calming down. And now we're in trouble and we're going to jail and it's all my fault. Okay, you gotta stay calm. Calm down, Just Charlie. stay calm, sweetie. You're okay. I'm not okay. Stop saying that. And I'm not special. I'm a monster. You are not a monster. You just need I'm to calm down. You're not. Calm down. You're not a monster. I'm a monster. Nope, that doesn't work. Because she sets fire to the mum. She sets fire to the mum. But rather, she'd rather treat her horrific bones, burns at home rather than go to the doctor. Typical parent. So she just puts some Savlon on it. Don't joke about uh, Savlon. It's really useful. <laughs> well, Germany's better because it has a anti- uh, an anesthetic in it. Actually, do you know what is the best? It's a bapanthan, <laughs> which is a nappy rash Ooh. cream. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Oh, you've got all the tips now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you got all the stuff. That we need to use, but yeah, he, uh, Zeph- uh, Zephron says, um, "Babe, this is bad." As he's looking at her visible bones, <laughs> <laughs> babe, I think this this might be serious. This might have gone too far now. <laughs> and she says, "Couldn't you have pushed her? We don't know what the long term effects of that are. That's why I only do it to randos at the mall." <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about the randos. <laughs> Darren Brown says she's a smoker she's a bad person it doesn't matter if her brain is fried forever you cut to her and she's just in her house like doing no smoking signs on her walls and like in lipstick Ah! (laughs) that would have made the Uh. film better that would have been my one best thing (laughs) but that small burst of intense heat doesn't go unnoticed because some government man in some office has a job where he's just looking at a map of the whole country so he can zoom in on sudden bursts of heat nine out of ten times Somebody's oven exploded, but every now and then, mutant child. <laughs> That's what makes this job worth it. Um, so they then go after a contractor named Rainbird, who's given up hunting people down for the government, although he does still keep his hunting knife on his bed. Like, honestly, every time that, that first chick's like, Rainbird, are you going to... I'm like, no, this... Oh my God, this is so I'm bad. Out. Like, King, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> King! Oh my god. Stephen King was one of the people, this is a little Stephen King fact, that mm. Elon Musk has personally paid yes, to have the blue tick. Well, we say personally paid. None of it costs Musk any money. No, it costs it's Musk like zero thing. money. It costs Musk zero money, but he has made the effort and King is not happy. I kind of love now that having the blue badge is like a massive dork sign that everybody's desperate not to have. Because yeah. it shows you were lame enough to spend money on being verified. <laughs> It's just like Which is hilarious. No. It's the end of that website. Um, yeah, he says, "Who's the target? Something for which you are uniquely qualified." Are oh, you going to send me to kidnap a young girl again? Are you? I don't know how I got this rep, but people keep <laughs> saying that. We need your unique skills. It was one time I kidnapped a young girl. Okay, I don't want to be that guy who's in everybody's rolodex under kid kidnapping. It's the long greasy hair, isn't it? <laughs> Look. 
It's just what matches my bone structure, right? Okay. <laughs> I can't help it if it says, if it puts out the vibe of Kid Kidnapper. Ah, uh, but yeah, I wonder what these unique skills are that are going to let him bring in this kid alive. So he shows up at their house, causes a massive conspicuous mess trying to deal with just the mum, killing her in the process, and that then allows his main targets to escape, despite them literally being within his grasp. He's our top man. <laughs> He's the man for the job. He's the man for this job. <laughs> um, yeah, Gloria Rubin is playing the head chick, and I remember her being hilarious, so... I want to help her. You want to use her? The girl, she can't help what she is. She, the poor thing, she's been brain-fucked from birth. She's so bad. <laughs> she's the worst, and she goes to the bad guy from Robocop so that he can be ominous for a bit. <laughs> That's the entire purpose of that scene. It's just to talk about how dangerous she is. In that scene, she uses the phrase brain fucked. <laughs> and honestly, it made me yes. cringe. It made me like die inside. I was like, no. What is it's the point amazing. in that? Oh my God, brain fucked. Like, yep. I can't, I can't I deal it. with the swearing. Like, it's just too much. I'm so happy with it. <laughs> For me, I was just like, I was like, no, oh God. <laughs> language please it's amazing so no character scenes later and charlie is at some random truck stop practicing her powers they got out of town and now they're just on the road and we haven't this is literally our first scene checking back in with them and she's practicing her powers and she's pretty happy that she gets to move a metal thing a little bit she moves it like a few feet and she's like yay so you know what dead (laughs) mum yeah so the idea is that Charlie, the kid, actually yeah. has not only her powers, her fire powers, <gasps> ah. but the powers of her dad, yep. the push powers, and the powers of her mum, the telekinetic powers. So she's like a kind of hybrid super yeah. chick. She's a super chick, but unfortunately she does meet, meet a kitty. Um, and oh no, <laughs> the kitty's ginger, so it's going to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, why movies? <laughs> You've seen Stephen King's other movies. Come on, animals never come out good. That's true. There's so never a movie accidentally... that's like the animal is like good, you know. Yeah. Well, she accidentally burns the kitty, and Saffron comes over and is like, "You've got to put it out of its misery." Couldn't you do that with like a brick or something, like really quickly? No, my it has to be my young daughter, and she has to kill it with fire, <laughs> so you get to hear its final yowl as it, she ineffectually tries to burn this thing to death. Oh my god, grim. You suck, Saffron. <laughs> so yeah, they they're on the street now, and he's like. Why can't we use our own car? Because they're looking for us. Yeah, we're better off just waiting at the side of the road outside of town, hitching rides with strangers. Steal something. Use your push. Get a car. <laughs> well, he does eventually. He, he, he uses his push, but not to get the car, but to get a ride with a yeah. friendly local after Efron mindfucks him a bit. And yeah, he takes him home to meet his creepy wife. No, she's not ginger, just disabled, which is equally <laughs> sinister according to... This is that you say this isn't the eighties film. This, this is twenty twenty two where we have um huh. you know laws and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> where we have representation, but not here. Um, they spend the night at the creepy farm. Uh, so yeah, to keep the spirit, keep up with the spirit of the place, everyone decides to tell her the story of how he killed two guys once, and it was great, but you shouldn't because it's bad. Don't kill people just because it will easily solve all of your problems later on. Don't ever do it. Yeah, so you get this one scene of a flashback where he's got yeah. slightly longer hair and he's wearing a flannel shirt. And you're <laughs> like, oh, it's the past. <laughs> yeah, and he murders two people in what looked like a more interesting premise. Um, but, oh no, Grampy has been up all night long doing pills and now has been radicalised by the news. It's all of middle America these days. Yeah, so friendly neighbour is now drunk or, or pilled up and, and yep. discovers that he is harbouring a fugitive. In the yeah. form of sexy, sexy Zac Efron. <sighs> yep, and he calls the feds. Luckily, though, Charlie has used her fire powers to read his wife's mind and learn the truth about <laughs> the accident, and so is able to sixth sense him into submission. Like literally, the cadence of it is exactly Haley Joel Osment telling the truth about dead people in the sixth sense. Yeah, I mean, like, sh- at what point does she have psychic powers as well? <laughs> like, this is the first time she's ever read someone's mind. I'm yeah. like, wait, who has? think as the mom has psychic powers or something yes well the, yeah the, the dad can read my well no he can't no read he can't minds. he can just push 
I think it's the right. mum who has psychic powers, but we never see well, her that's confusing. Them. He has mind stuff. She has physical stuff, but also some mind stuff, like I, different <sighs> mind stuff. I, anyway. Whatever. Anyway, that's just me. Whatever. <laughs> the police arrive to investigate. Ah, presumably since the government put out a cover story on the media, they're also working with local police and they'll be cooperating with the shady organization. No, they're not. Rainwolf shoots them all to a man. <laughs> Our best man on the job conspicuously shoots all of the cops before they flush out his target resulting in a standoff that sees his target escape. Damn, he's good. <laughs> what a guy. What Rainbird. a guy. That's his name, right? Rainbird? Yeah, that's his Rain- Rainbird. Like, where, how did he get that name? Rainbird. <sighs> or did he choose it himself? Is he just a really it, yeah. into, like, Call me. bird watching? <laughs> <laughs> so the, shady's, the shady organization's actual cops, because they have their own cops, they show up and arrest Rain Dog. Probably a good idea at this stage. He's causing a lot more trouble than it's worth. Uh, he's a bit of a liability. They also get Zephron, um, and have special contact lenses in, so that his powers can't work on him because apparently it's through eye contact. I don't know if that's been successfully nope. communicated so uh-uh. far. No, not so far. <laughs> nope. So they got contact lenses that save them from Zephron. Charlie goes to the woods to master her powers. She's, Which she she's, does in like two minutes. She does so because earlier on she was doing really well with the metal thing. When she's not around her dad, she's actually doing quite well. <laughs> Yeah. Turns out all she needed to was Daddy not to be yelled at or told scary stories for like five minutes. She absolutely thrives. But unfortunately, she's determined to free him. So let's just do the third act right here, an hour into the movie. <laughs> uh, but wait, it's a bit soon for her to just show up at the military base and kill everyone. Is it oh, Is it too late to her, for her to do some like more suburban, relatable horror like you'd normally put in the first act? Like, you know, some power fantasy stuff, you know, like Stranger Things. Well, uh, also, she never got even with the ginger bully, so how about we just give her a whole bunch of new bullies? Yeah, so let's just have one scene where she bumps into three bullies and mind Random controls bullies. them to get... Her. And she tells this one line which goes, I, I like your bike. And yeah. I'm like, did you just do a Terminator reference? <laughs> Was that a deliberate Terminator reference or am I just yeah. seeing that because I see Terminator references everywhere? <laughs> like, it uh, It's unclear. <laughs> it is unclear, but what is clear is that she's going to do this and then ride one of their bikes to the secret military complex and she gets a sandwich yeah. whatever <laughs> like 15 the, one guy 15 gives up his off. bike one gives a guy gives up his jacket the other guy gives up his sandwich i knew who got <laughs> off best in this one <laughs> my sandwich we're 15 minutes from the end of the movie literally so let's just let's just keep going she tries to interrogate a guy in a car but ends up flash frying him instead how has Rainpig not sensed this yet? What is he doing at this stage? How has he not realised that she's here? Nevertheless, she walks right where she needs to go. While security forces close in around her. And Captain Bad Actor Lady, she does some shit. Oh. She's captain as well. Do shady organisations usually have captains? She is so bad. Like, I cannot <laughs> get over how bad she is in this. I'm like, damn, oh dude. Like, yeah. No, they. she literally walks right up to the glass case yeah. that's enclosing the captain <laughs> right and Zaffron. And is like, I will set myself on fire if you don't get my dad a doctor. I'm like, just get him out. Get him a doctor yeah. later. Yeah, let's not... Let's not- Let's get out of here. But oh, oh shit, though. Efron uses the push to convince her to burn them all. Yeah, fuck it. That's probably the best thing for her to deal with. She has what nuclear if- level capabilities. Let's just give her one last little bit of life trauma. It's probably better than her being interred here. My uh, One of the most confusing parts of this part, to me, is when... So they all have these, like, um, uh, contact lenses that, that prevent yes. them from being... But they also put Zac Efron in goggles. Ooh. Why? <laughs> like they've all well, got clearly the doesn't work. <laughs> It clearly doesn't work if he's able to do Charlie. Any- Ugh, anyway. no, but Charlie's not wearing the contact lenses. No, but he's wearing the goggles. No, no, they took the goggles off uh, okay. before that. But like, why well, did they originally put him in goggles? <laughs> you never know. There might be a cleaner who wanders in. Yeah, true that. We forgot to. We never give these guys the goggles, the uh, lenses. So, with ten minutes of runtime left, the film nearly redeems itself as a young girl sets fire to everyone while saying funny things. Not just burning people, though. She also gets them to shoot each other using the push and occasionally closes people in doors really hard using her mum's powers. So, it's a... Oh, if it had just a little bit more, it could have been, like, malignant. Did you ever see Malignant? I didn't, but 
I don't the think last... it could have been Malignant. <laughs> oh god, no, it couldn't because Malignant was more consistently entertaining. But that movie was elevated from yeah, it's okay to oh my god, this is great in its final act. Okay. So this could have maybe done that if it'd been a bit more. Oh, more enthusiasm. Anyway, imagine if Christine had been 80 minutes of build-up and then the car starts killing people at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so she, like, 80 minutes of people talking about how the car could kill people and then it, it just kills some people. So she kills everyone except the man who killed her mother and kind of father. You know, ooh, she's so complicated. And they go off together. That's the end. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yep, she gets out. He gets out. Yeah. That's it. Yep, and she's going to trust him now. I don't know why. He, like, carries her in his arms. Yeah. Um, She's pretty tired at this point. Hasn't had, a, <laughs> hasn't had a drink of water in a while. Yeah. That I always bothers that... me about films where there's a lot of action. I'm like, aren't you dehydrated? Because I would be really dehydrated. <laughs> and then he picks her up and carries her off, and the credits just start playing over him still carrying her off. And I remember us laughing in the cinema at that stage. <laughs> I believe it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This feels unfinished it, it was short but it but there was no character development whatsoever no. okay, look at other like 90 minute horror films like for example the brilliant film we just watched pearl oh yeah right oh man that's the character, character development in that film is outstanding that film is yeah. honestly one of the best horror films i've seen in years and yeah. it is what was it 90 minutes two hours max and uh, there is no character development in this whatsoever. I know nothing about any of them except for the fact that they have these powers and yeah. may or may not have met at university. <laughs> like, yeah, there are. It. By my count, there are two scenes where they talk about anything that's not just the plot, the the, the powers. One is at the beginning where Efron volunteers to make pancakes and they have a brief little back and forth about what should go in the pancakes. There's your character moment number one. Yep. And it's three lines. And then the second is when she asks why they don't have Wi-Fi, which has a, p- a plot utility, but she talks about how, oh, well, that stuff will rot your brains, which is just a cover because she doesn't want her to have Wi-Fi. But just for a moment, I was like, maybe that's a character thing, though. Maybe that's no, just kind of who she it is. It wasn't. It's about the powers. No, it's just a, yeah, it's about that. You'd learn nothing about any of these people. There's no character to anything. And it's just... It, it's, I, it's the worst thing a movie can be. It's perfunctory. It feels like it has the bare minimum number of scenes that you would need to be considered a movie. It's only just over feature length. And it just makes you wonder, why? Why was this greenlit? Why did so many people have to work on it and come to work every day to keep making it? Whose passion project was this? Who drove it? Because aside from being really dull, it's also really well-trodden ground. As we're going to cover, I'm sure, in the One Better Thing. But gifted inexperienced child travels with weary cynical dad who's also a badass like as they evade a sinister organization that's after them that's every movie and tv show that's been made in the last 10 years literally all of them logan midnight special last of us stranger things game of thrones you just mentioned my one good one better thing (laughs) let's keep going don't don't breathe kind of dread children of men terminator 2 babylon ad why not the road the mandalorian love wolf and cub aliens leon true grit hidden fortress Send in your own. It's so well trodden. It's just, it's insane. I mean, video, I, I don't even go into video games. My God, just Google like TV Tropes Escort Mission and you'll get like the whole genre of games that this is. But Bioshock Infinite is obviously up there and Last of Us again. Last it's of just, us, yeah. Um, yeah, and like if they, they could have made it half an hour like longer. And, and, mm. and added some actual, like, character development. For example, yeah. right, the bully, okay? Yeah. One, why is the hot teacher not punishing the bully? The bully <laughs> says, you're a weirdo, you're a freak, and she doesn't yeah. say anything. If they yeah. added a bit more development to the teacher and the bully and the school environment, yeah. that would have given her some more, like, when she meets the bullies at the end, she can finally stand up to them and be like, I will not be bullied anymore. I've taken yeah. this, you know, for too long. I've now got control of my powers and I'm going to use them, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. that would have been really good. But they spent like, like a moment. two minutes in the school. Yeah. yeah, they really did. Again, bare minimum. Just, you know, one scene to introduce the idea that she's trouble at school. One scene for a scene to, for an incident to happen that shows that the family is at risk. It's sheer plot utility, but it's joyless. You know, you can have you can have that. You can have every scene pushes the plot in some way. That's fine. But 
when it's being done in a way that just feels like it's getting from A to B and there's no fun to be had on the way, it just makes you wonder why. Yeah, that is... I uh, was wondering why for most of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame. Which is a real shame. I don't know, is it a shame? Like, this movie didn't have to get made is the shame of it. And I always get... I get particularly irritated with stuff like this because of horror movies in particular. This movie came out last year. It was pretty... I don't know, I feel like it was just before the big push back to cinemas that the sort of cinematic experience movies like Top Gun kind of had. Everything Everywhere All at Once, I think, was out around this time. Um, maybe a little after, because that was a big movie for getting people to come to the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whenever there's a movie like this, I always just think, this was your chance. <laughs> you know, this is your chance to pull some people in and make something. But uh, it's, it's the worst kind of movie because you just can't even really see the potential. no. Yeah, there was, I think we came out of this. I think I remember us coming out of this and being like, what could have fixed this movie? Yeah. And I but think we were both be... like, well, not, not much, because really just don't fix it. Like, just don't make it. I think there's two options. You'd either have to make it a lot better or just a bit worse. If you make it, <laughs> if you make it like malignant, if you make it properly silly that she has the fire powers, because there's hints of it, you know, she does say liar, liar, pants on fire and someone catches fire. More of that. More of her just being, what if you, what if you told one of these movies and genuinely it wasn't clear if the little girl was a good girl or not? Because yeah. like always the little kid is like, they're struggling with their powers, but you know, they're going to get over it. You know, they're going to get over it and you know, they've got a good heart. What if this kid didn't? Yeah. <laughs> what if Zac Efron is looking after like, her? Meh. Yeah. What if actually they kind of just, I mean, she does mention a couple of times, I kind of liked using the power. And it's like, what if we went fully into that? Yeah. That this is like a, a villain origin, an anti-hero origin story it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would have been better if she'd walked off on her own. Like left the, you mm. know, the guy who killed um, her mum, yeah. Rain Bird, whatever his name was, Rain Butt. Um, he, he left him to like die in the fire. Didn't kill herself, but left him to die. Walked off on her own, blazed a fire behind her, creepy mm. look in her face. There you go. It's a much better and, uh, ending. Yeah, like the poster. Or just, yeah, I, I have her kill him because... yeah. He could do his whole, um, I can teach you. I can teach you how to control your power. And she's just, she could just be like, I don't want to control it. And then just like burns him down and then goes off. And that could be a thing. It's just, I don't know. What they do is they, I think they're adapting. I've not read the Stephen King book, but it might be that they just follow a lot of the same beats as that. Mm. And I just feel like they didn't really think about Because it's 1980. Yeah. It's been a long time. The yeah. And they movies cover a lot of this as well in their early sequence in their origin stories also another thing that could have potentially saved it is setting it in 1980 because <laughs> they said it now they've got wi-fi and mobile phones and they mentioned yeah. netflix and da, 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 and tv and stuff what if they'd said it in the 80s and they could have uh, 80s cars 80s tvs <laughs> 80s guns There's... 80s clothes that would have actually saved some of it for me because i like that that like old school black phone for example yeah like old school horror so maybe that would have helped you might be skewing a bit too closely to the sort of stranger things mold here because again yeah, that's another bit like super powered little girl you are veering close to so much existing property i just don't know how you make the special other than trying to make it campy and fun which is what things like megan do you know if she had been megan <laughs> megan honestly is a, is a class of its own yes but it like it really there were points where i was thinking like oh you know megan young girl powers da, 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 yeah you know family drama um yeah but is, so much of the deliciousness thing, in a way so much of the deliciousness of megan is when you just know she's gonna do something like when the neighbor is being really unreasonable and like yelling at the kid <laughs> yeah. and then megan just gives her a side eye and the whole audience goes oh she's gonna kill something she's gonna get her <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be funny because Megan is hilarious. Yeah, and it's just yeah that kind of thing, that kind of audience reaction is something you could have gained here, but it's just a, a really stunningly generic, can't control her powers movie. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all there is. Shall we quick fire? Yes. Quick fire. Oh, okay. Maybe I should go first then because you I have go. a few more than five. Okay, five. I thought that the pan away from the family, sort of um, consoling each other around the table, too. It's very early on. It's before the credits. And they pan left to reveal there's a great big fire extinguisher there. Is <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> that was comedic. Um, there's a 
bit in the school where she's cutting off a frog mm. and um there's the ginger bully says uh weird girl killed the frog and she goes it was already dead and the kid goes yeah but now it's extra dead <laughs> and i thought the phrase extra dead was really funny <laughs> um also hot teacher tina young tina is, young is that one of your <laughs> quick fires it's one of my quick fires she's really young but i'll also have as a serious one um she's been brain fucked since birth Oh, said God, by a terrible fucked. actor lady oh, she's been brain fucked it's so, since birth. It's so cringy sick. um <laughs> the the wound detail actually isn't bad like, no it's good yeah. yeah so the there's especially the scene where the mum gets her arms burned yeah horrible oh horrible but like pretty good i was like oh, yeah that's yeah. good wound detail and that's that's a testament to how much gore i watch <laughs> yeah <laughs> and later going, on it's <laughs> when she burns the guy in the car too yep. that's also mm-hmm. really good like it burns away half his face and he's down yep. to like teeth yeah yeah that's good um charlie's reaction to having killed the cat i thought was really affecting like mm. the actor doesn't get much to do really except you know it could have had more to do considering i thought she was quite good in general the kid but just not yeah the kid but just not given enough to do but her crying and having killed the cat was very affecting as was zephron's subsequent cat eulogy which i found quite amusing <laughs> coology <laughs> um so speaking of oh sorry i just thought of a better one <gasps> Mulogy. 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 Okay. Um, oh, so many mulogies. Please cut it so that it's like I said that. <laughs> I'll make it very natural. Mulogy. Um, <laughs> so speaking of the acting of the kid, you probably know mm. this already, but one of my quick fires is that the Razzies changed their rules because of this oh. film. Did you know this? No, I didn't. But so they... she got nominated for be- Worst Actress by the Razzies, okay. the kid, and she yeah. is 12 years old. And there was a massive upcry being like, She's 12. Leave her alone. Yeah. So they've changed their rules. So you cannot be nominated for Worst Actress unless you're 18 years or older. Okay, I think that's fair. And they gave themselves the Worst Actress. Oh, award, that's kind of cute. To say I, I'm sorry. I'm not a big fan of the Razzies in general. They're t- way too often punching down, but that's quite cute. I yeah. like that. So yeah. they changed their rules because of this movie. I like that. Um, the hurting sentiment that Zac Efron gives, this idea of when you hurt people, it costs you, and, you know, it takes them, you know, it doesn't just hurt them, it hurts everyone around them. And those guys, they probably had wives, kids, that they loved, just like I love you. And I do, Charlie, I love you so much. But when you hurt people, you don't just hurt them. It hurts everyone around. You don't come back from that. That was that was quite nice. I quite like that. When she goes to play with the chickens and the farm, Zac oh, Efron yeah. says very quietly, "Try not to cook any of them." <laughs> I didn't hear that, and I loved that. I thought that was that's the kind of thing that would have that's made it so much funnier. They campier. just done a load of like campy, you know, yeah. fire jokes. You know, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Um. Okay, I think this is another line from the really bad government lady is, she's going to blow some poor bastard to smithereens. She's going to be killing people. <laughs> <laughs> and she was the only character that did any swearing. Yeah. And it really shows. Yeah, it was. she was fun, though. I, I feel like she was on the right wavelength with this because she but was yeah, very if, silly. If they'd made all the characters just as bad as her, yeah. then it would have been fine. But she stood out because she was too campy yeah. in comparison <laughs> to like how serious Zac Efron was trying to play it. Yeah. Um, I true. liked that they mentioned Netflix. So this is a strange <sighs> one, but I like it when they mention things that are real life things like Wi-Fi or whatever. Yeah. You know, they mention Netflix. A lot of places don't mention films or TV mm. or books or whatever. But some uh-huh. he was like, "Oh, I saw this thing on Netflix." And it's like, "Great, they're actually mentioning a thing that shows that this is set in real life." Like yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's it's nice. It's the grounds the storyline into like reality. Yeah, I think it's generally a good thing to do. All too often they try to avoid references to the modern world because, I don't know, it just doesn't have much in the way of a cinematic tradition. And you're worried that it'll date the movie. But sometimes dating the movie is okay. Like, it's okay to have, you know, your character return their Betamax tapes to the (laughs) store they've rented it from. Oh my god, I still have some of those now. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, It's pretty convincing, I think, when her arms catch fire, when she threatens to burn herself. The effects of her arms being on fire. I don't know if they got like a stunt double in or just a puppet or something, but 
and they got Megan to do it. But they had it was very convincing when her arms were on fire. I thought it was good. Right at the end, there's a shot where the tall guy, Rainbird, mm. um, holds his hand out to her, yeah. and the shot is up. So the the ah. it's looking up at him, and he's really tall. And so you've got this kind of big hand. It's almost like POV of her. Mm. Big hand. And then this really tall guy. And it's a good shot. I was like, that a is a good shot. That's a good fucking shot. That is shot. a good fucking shot. <laughs> that brain fucked me. Yeah. <laughs> Since I was born. <laughs> uh, my final one is, I've mentioned it several times already, but it is liar, liar, pants on fire. It's just, <laughs> it's a good line. I like it. It's silly. Please, no, no, please, please. Liar, liar. They should have spent a day. I recently started doing a work placement at Sight and Sound, and they had to do an article on places that uh, the BFI's Film on Film Festival, which if you're in London, you definitely should check out. It's yeah about um, showing movies on film formats. Um, and literally, I saw them for like half an hour. All of their jobs were pitching puns for <laughs> for film stuff, like the real deal but real like double e yeah um, well like be real. real yeah there's a lot of real stuff taking stock is film stock like part of like the film oh the film stock is what it is before it gets projected okay uh that was like <laughs> that they should have had that with this they should have had a whole day where it was just pitching fire related puns yep absolutely like it's yep. like you know that 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 lion black phone the phone rings and he goes it's for you <laughs> do you remember that bit? I think right I do. Right, just yeah. before he's about to kill him, it's like I mean, it's that's for the thing. you, and I'm like, yes, that is the cheesy line yeah. that I wanted, and <laughs> yeah. they should have just done it all the way through. <laughs> if you can't handle the heat, stay out of the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should have been just stuff like that all the time. I'm issuing you a burn notice. I don't know how she know what a burn notice is. <laughs> she, and then she actually has one with her, and she like slaps it. <laughs> On on the on a car or something, yeah, just like <laughs> burn notice. Just like if you were a sim, you would be burning up right now because sims <laughs> don't know how to control. <laughs> you know how like you can just set a sim on fire for no. You reason. know how we can all just set sims on fire? It's like that. Yeah, it's like that. Um, so my, <laughs> I think the best thing about this is the mm. final score by John Carpenter. John oh, Carpenter did yeah. the music and the the music at the end. It's John Carpenter music. It's Halloween yeah. music. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. God. Put it in there, Paul, so they can I hear will. the amazingness. Carpenter and Cody Carpenter. It's the same team, and there's a third person as well who's oh, I could kick myself for not knowing it, but they they're the team who work together on the amazing soundtracks for Halloween 2018. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really it's good beautiful. Stuff. And I was just like, yeah. I could just if I closed my eyes, didn't know what the film was, and you asked me who wrote this music, I would be able to yeah. tell you. Yeah, it's, that's how like, and I was like, <laughs> yes, I'm redeemed. Yes. Not yeah. quite, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I felt joy for a second <laughs> and sometimes that's all you can have okay let's quickly check in with the OG team okay so it looks like nobody saw uh firestarter or nobody cared to remember that they saw firestarter which i commend the OG team for um i think that's entirely fair enough and i i, I trust your judgment in these matters <laughs> um <laughs> okay yes there's no reason to see firestarter please uh direct all of your your feelings towards a much better horror film such as our one better things the one better thing one better thing <laughs> what have you got katie uh you mentioned okay so i've got a couple um let's start with the stephen kings so <laughs> the two stephen kings i would mention because they're mo- more closely related to this because there are yeah. other obviously the best stephen king is, is the shiny yeah. but but not that one because it doesn't relate however it which has kids oh in it, yeah who you know battle evil <laughs> and Carrie, which is like a family fraught thing and it has fun. oh yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah so she's a kid she's she has trouble she has a mum who's you know a dick and um and then fire 
So uh, I'm talking the original Carrie. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God, I'd forgotten about Um, that. And then I've got one you've already mentioned, which is Logan. Yes. So that (laughs) is is one of the best movies of kid has power, kid has dad. You know, like a like a dad who also is all gruff and rough and He's tough, <laughs> and 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 they you know fight the evil together, and then there's like yeah. people trying to get her, and it's it's wonderful film, it's beautiful, yes, it is. it's well acted. The kid in it, whose name I've forgotten, I'm so sorry, Daphne Keen. Yeah, there you go. Is fantastic. <laughs> yep, she's and really Hugh Jackman great. is hot as fuck. So there you yep. go. Um, and, and she's now in his dark materials. The BBC ah, show, uh, playing lead chick Lyra. Um, <laughs> Lyra. So um, my last one ah. is not a horror film. Oh. My last one is Leave No Trace. Ah, interesting. Where you've got yes, a, love you've that got movie. a kid and a dad, and they're yes, trying to survive. Very good, true. Um, in like a forest Parks. setting. Yeah, yeah national park. National park, and it's just about their relationship and um their differences it's not a horror film but it's beautiful and i highly yeah. recommend it i love that movie it's mm. and it's point. thomas and mckenzie is the kid. yeah and ben Ooh. nope forgotten that name ben ben forster foster ben foster ben foster and it's deborah granick directing who also did winter's bones so yeah very very good film uh leave no trace i have three so oh logan yes as well yep. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah def- logan's definitely a good shout midnight special also has oh, similar vibes yes yes yeah. yes love that movie love that movie that was um of course shannon looking after a young boy as they travel again trying to elude from a secret government agency who are um trying to track the kid down because of his powers and it's all heading somewhere and there's this great sense of foreboding that's it joel edgerton and Michael Shannon are trying to escape with the kid. And it also has Adam Driver, I think, as yeah, the Adam guy Driver, trying to track yep. him down. Mm-hmm. Jeff Nichols is the name of the director, who's extremely good. And I don't know what he's up to these days. He did take Shelter and Mud and Loving. Curious to see. Oh, there's another one coming soon. The Bike Riders. Ooh. Set in the 1960s, it follows the rise of a fictional Midwestern motorcycle club. Ooh. Seen through the lives of its members, the club evolves over the course of a decade from a gathering place for local outsiders into a more sinister gang. And it's got Tom Hardy, Austin Butler, Jodie Comer, Michael Shannon. Oh my God. Oh my God. Let's see this movie. <laughs> yeah. Bike riders. Look out for it. That sounds amazing. Okay. So yes, Mike Nichols still great. Uh, and the other one is Bones and All. Which, oh yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Recent film, not a sort of uh, parent sibling relationship, although it starts with a parent sibling relationship. Also, it's not a superpower. It's just something that makes you very, very different. Um, <laughs> yes <laughs> no spoilers makes you an outsider no spoilers because my god that took me by surprise the first time i saw it oh i knew it i knew the spoiler i know i, I knew yeah. you were going to know it as well it was so i knew the trailer wouldn't be able to keep the secret yeah don't watch the trailer if you're gonna watch bones and all if it's you got haven't timothy heard of chalamet timothy chalamet taylor russell um as the main character she's incredible in it it's just and it's got incredible performance. I mean, we recently talked about this last week because it appeared in both of our favorite movies of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine too. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's absolutely just fantastic. Mark Rylance, Michael Stuhlberg, Chloe Sevigny shows up in one terrifying sequence. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. God. Um, it's a wonderful follow-up to Suspiria. Um, and yeah, it has that sort of rustic Americana kind of feel that is so heavily associated with Stephen King. So yeah, yep. I recommend it. Also, and we mentioned it already, but Black Phone. Yes, Black Phone. Definitely see Black Phone if you haven't. I feel like that movie kind of came and went without too much staying power. I've seen it twice. I've seen it twice too. 2022 was a hell of a year for horror movies. Yes. Absolutely incredible. I mean, we got X and Pearl within the same year. Yeah, That's... which are both on my top 20. <laughs> oh my God. Like, it was it was an incredible year. So, and yeah, I think that's just about going to do it. So, Katie, how can people find out about you and the things you're up to? Um, I don't really do much apart from oh. the occasional thing on here, but you can go yeah. and look at Screen Mayhem and listen to a We See Saw, uh, yeah. and you can yes. listen to the Scottish <laughs> film. Um, yeah, and you can listen I'll to the lockdown projects, the one good thing episodes that I'm on, which will also yeah. be next week as well. So yes. see you back Come here back next week. This time next week <laughs> <laughs> for another terrible movie that this time you haven't seen yet. So I'm not yet. really looking forward to it. Can't wait to see it this week. Yay! In preparation. Yay. 
And to find out more about One Good Thing, it's just OGT Pod. Type it anywhere you want to type it. We've got a Patreon with all sorts of things in it. Go on there and find out all sorts of extra content, including stuff from all of our guests, um, as well as, yeah, extra content and funny laughs and little stories and that. All that jazz. All that jazz. I'm Paul that jazz. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and Katie, but not jazzy. No. Oh no! No, just Jazzy Kate, <laughs> bluesy, bluesy DJ Kate. Jazzy Katie. <laughs> and remember, the one good thing about Firestarter is—is mm... is that one really short scene where you get Zac Efron topless? Yeah, we didn't mention that. But there <laughs> is a bit where you see Zac Efron topless, and although it's not as angry as his muscles were in Baywatch, it's still pretty good. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and that's the real hot stuff.